Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us in this uh, podcast today. Lisa and I are having a conversation with each other and with those of you listening uh, about the topic of attunement. We've titled this podcast, The Need for Attunement. We just returned from a uh, what we uh, have called a marriage enrichment retreat with Dr. Dan and Becky Allender. We were in Park City, Utah, and it was a wonderful time with uh, couples, uh, three days together. And one of the conversations that Lisa and I shared, presented on, talked about was the topic of attunement. And we had some lovely conversations with couples afterwards, and we thought it'd be helpful to spend the next few minutes together, uh, I think, being intentional about the return of what do we mean by attunement and and how vital and essential that is in our marriage relationship. And I think one of the most helpful ways that or, or images when we talk about attunement is for some of you, you can relate to this and others are, you, you're much younger than we are, but uh, this was back in the day when cars had actually radios with dials on them and uh, where you would turn the dial to the radio station. There would be static, 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 and then it would be crystal clear. And that's what we mean by attunement. It simply is tuning into uh, the other. And that, I think, is a helpful visual image. Uh, One of the couples afterwards, when we spent time this weekend, was able to share part of his story around how attunement wasn't really modeled for him. It wasn't really an experience uh, for him relationally. And so what, what we are trying to help ourselves be aware of is how attunement is a vital part of attachment or connection in marriage, uh, tuning into, being able to tune into the other. And yet for many of us, it wasn't part of our story. It wasn't part of our experience. We might have been in a home uh, where attunement was missing or it was lacking, uh, where it wasn't offered. Uh, there was distraction, maybe there was preoccupation, uh, there was potential harm or abuse or trauma. And so there wasn't a consistent experience of having a caregiver or a primary parent uh, being attuned to us, to our needs. And so, of course, we bring that into our marriage relationship. Uh, And it is often a source of conflict, tension, disagreement, hurt, frustration, and we're not often aware of what it's connected to. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the conversations we were having this weekend was when we didn't have that attunement in our early family and we mm-hmm. didn't feel, you know, maybe there wasn't someone that was tuned into us and what our needs were. <clears throat> and another way to describe that is took delight in us. There's something about being known. And when we are known by our parent, you know, as a mm-hmm. young child, and they take delight in meeting our needs, there's this attunement that happens. And when that doesn't happen, we often don't know how to regulate our own desires and needs because we don't know what we need. And we need the other, the parent, to help us discern that. That's when we're two, three, four, Mm -hmm. really young. And so when we don't have that attunement early on, that's something that 
we struggle with having yeah. to even understand what we need in any given moment. And mm-hmm. so um, oftentimes we bring this misattunement to ourselves, even into our marriage. Right. We don't know how to even tell the other what we need. And then it's even more difficult to be able to tune to our spouse when mm-hmm. it hasn't been modeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, one of the, the helpful things in talking about attunement is being aware of the, the, the impact of misattunement or the lack of attunement. Uh, and I like how you put that, that it's, uh, it's taking delight or it's a, being able to anticipate or be aware of what it is that the, that the other needs. I mean, think about the imagery uh, for a parent and child, per- particularly for a young infant. The infant cries or, or fusses or uh, so- somehow makes noise, which is the innate way we actually have the adult respond or the caregiver respond. Attunement is when the infant cries, attunement is a search. You know, the parent might search. Hmm. Uh, I wonder if their diaper needs to be changed. Hmm. I wonder if they're hungry. Uh, so there's a, there's a, there's an active pursuit, if you will, uh, or an active engagement. It's not just a, mm, an observing presence. It is that sometimes, but it, it has sort of what we could name as some form of relational movement. There's a, there's a sense of, oh, something's not quite right, or oh, something's missing. And so there's a search. It's like the search engine on the computer. Not, not always like that, but there's a, there's a wondering. There's a, a moving through. What are some of the options? What, are, what, what might be missing? What might be needed? And that's, a, I think, a helpful way that we can think about it in our marriage, that we don't always know what the other needs. But attunement is a search. It's a movement toward. It's a, it's a wondering either internally, externally, out loud, something, just like the parent might. Uh, when the child is upset, frustrated, some kind of emotional need. I really liked also how you said um, when the caregiver uh, is unable to respond. It's another way to talk about that too, is when the caregiver or attachment figure or me as a spouse is unable to help Lisa regulate, which is also part of what attunement is, regulate. It's it's helping the other regulate emotion. Uh create some awareness or understanding. And and sometimes for many of us, that wasn't part of our experience. There was maybe a lack of regulation. There was a, uh, we might've been upset, frustrated again, hurt, disappointed, some kind of emotion. And there wasn't a capacity or desire or willingness to contain or help contain some of the emotion that we might've experienced. Mm-hmm. So attunement, again, at its core is to tune into, but it's also a, a way that we reveal I see you, I notice you, something something about in the world in which you live in right now is not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's um, common to say, you know, I don't know what I need right now. I'm, I'm really frustrated or sure. I'm angry or, I mean, I feel that all the time and I, I don't know how to put words to it. And sometimes it can be frustrating for the other person in the relationship to say, well, how can I help you? Or can we get through this? I'm trying to enjoy my day. You know, what can I do for you? And we don't, we just feel frustrated that we don't know. We can't put words to it. And so I think it's actually really helpful to just take a few minutes to think back, you know, to what our experience was in our early years. And for me, I think um, sometimes it was difficult for me to sort of remember because I did have all my needs met, you know, as far as my parents were there for me. I felt like physical um, needs, physical needs, like yeah. they, they were for me and they were very kind and good. And, um, but there was later on, I started to realize again that there were, um, 
some parts missing, some emotional parts missing. There wasn't a lot of attunement emotionally. Um, and they had their reason, you know, for not being able to do that. But that's one of the things that I realized um, hadn't been attuned to me. And so I struggled with attuning to my emotions. And so especially sad, hurt, angry, mm -hmm. some of these um, more off-limit feelings, um, I didn't have a lot of attunement to. And so when I do get into places of feeling sad or feeling hurt or feeling angry, sometimes I, I really struggle with how to put words to that. Um, and I also struggle when you go through those feelings, right? When you're feeling sad, when you're feeling hurt, right. when you're feeling angry, I have a hard time attuning to those. Um, and so as we kind of realize, wow, that, that this is where it kind of comes from. There hasn't been, there wasn't a lot of attunement when we were younger. And so, um, first of all, to be kind to that and say, Hey, this is my story. And, and not, uh, it, it's easy to want to judge, like, why can't I do this? Why can't I figure out what I need? Why can't yeah. I meet your needs? And to, to be able to take a breath and say, okay, maybe I didn't have a lot of training in that. And I didn't have a lot of attunement when I needed it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, how can we begin now to put some words to it? And mm -hmm. how can we begin to be curious about each other? And um, how can I ask you, what what do you need? And instead of just assuming, you know, you should know what I need and I should know what you need and being able to put words to that, especially when maybe our experience wasn't um, the the modeling of attunement. Right. I think sometimes in our in our marriage, we can feel stuck in in the process or in the offering of attunement again, because it might not have been a model like for you and mm -hmm. it might not have been part of our experience. And so I uh, really want to uh, encourage us <laughs> to be mindful that attunement is a developmental process over the course of life. It's not something we simply, mm, okay, today I'm going to try to attune. I mean, that's helpful, but it, it is a, it is a process in, in the way in which we engage relationally over a period of time. Uh, and so that that's I think one of the hopes for this conversation is for many of us let's let's be kind to the process let's be aware that I'm in the process of learning how to attune uh, it, it it can feel like a foreign language it can feel like oh man it just doesn't come naturally to me and that's okay uh, we want to be kind to that and and it if it wasn't necessarily modeled for us uh, or ex a part of our experience it may be part of what it is able we are able to experience in our marriage. Uh, the gift of attunement is another way of talking about it. Right. It, it, it takes is, a lot of intentionality. It does take a lot of intentionality. And and one of the most helpful ways we can engage with attunement are a couple ways something that sounds something like this. Uh, I, I wonder what would be helpful for you, or I wonder what you need. Uh, th those are those are offered out as as offerings, meaning out of curiosity, out of invitation. Sometimes we don't know what the other needs, just like the parent and the infant. Keep that visual in mind because it's a, it's an active engagement. Yes, the infant doesn't have words and doesn't always give feedback, but their body gives feedback. Uh, when, when they are attuned to, they tend to be soothed. Uh, they tend to relax. Uh, they feel less anxious. They feel less upset. Those are all signs or signals that the infant gives. And I think it's same in marriage. Mm -hmm. That when we are helping the other regulate or contain or put words to what it is that he or she might be feeling or thinking. Uh, it, it's a helpful way of engagement of, I, I wonder what would be helpful or I wonder what you need. Mm -hmm. I think just talking about it makes it 
sound really simple. I mean, it is really simple in a way, you know, to be able to ask each other, what do you need right now? And I think what gets in the way is, I think there's a lot of judgment and of why don't you know, or really, this is what's bothering you? Or, you know, like there's not a lot of room to, to not know or to, so I think that's why the awareness in this area particularly Mm -hmm. is really helpful and space and like that gentle curiosity that's not like a demand, like you need to tell me right now, we need to get through this, you know? And so, and you don't always have time for that, Mm -hmm. but, um, well, and where where couples struggle, and I think where we struggle too sometimes is often we, we're not aware that the other is thinking or feeling something. I mean, that's just common. I mean, we, we spend time together, and we're going to miss what we might call cues or social cues. Or, or uh, you assume they yeah. know they're yeah. just not telling you. Right. Like, why don't you just tell me what you need? Right. You know, why are you keeping it in? Or, mm-hmm. And and giving each other space to go, wow, we really may not know what we need right now. And and then and then to be able to trace it back to. If we didn't have that, you know, parent or caretaker that was mirroring back, you know, what we might have needed or or how that that would have been appropriate or that they delighted in mm-hmm. meeting that need for us, then we might have, um, you know, just hidden that need. We might have tried to take it out of our life so that it's it's not even. We, we don't even know it's there, you know, we've kind of buried it. We've just thought, fine, if I can't get that need met, if yeah. no one's going to tune into this need, then well, I, I must not ought to have it. And so maybe I'm going to bury it. And I don't even know that it's right. there. And, right. I really like that because when we talk about attunement, often it's in the realm of emotional attunement. Uh, yes, physical, uh, you, you seem hungry or you, you, know, you seem tired. Yes, those are important but I think where many of us struggle is in the, the lack of emotional attunement. And uh, sometimes we, uh, early on in our life, in our story, if there wasn't emotional attunement, which is what you were just saying, mm-hmm. talking about, is we learn strategies. We create strategies to cope. We create strategies to uh, maybe dismiss or ignore or minimize the need for emotional attunement. Uh, I like the imagery you just used, bury. Like it, it's in hiding. Uh we try to lock it up because it's too painful that when we got off the bus in third grade and we said our best friend didn't want to be best friends anymore, we might have a tear in our eye if there, if there was somehow a judgment of the emotion or somehow not even paying attention to it, almost pretending like it didn't exist. Or like, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You get you're over fine. it. Like get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even an engagement. With which is what you were talking about earlier. When there's a lack of engagement in the emotion, that's also part of where we learned strategies. It's just a common human response when there is a lack of attunement, and so we carry that into our marriage. Right. As much well, as we don't want it to be true, uh, right. we we carry those strategies no matter how long we've been married. It could be one month or fifty years. Right. You you think somehow I'm going to grow up and I'm going to get this together, and yet. Yeah. If if our experience was disorientation, like I was mm-hmm. thinking when you were saying that, a lot of times when your emotion, maybe your sadness as a child, is not attuned to, it feel dis, it feels disorienting. Sure, like wait, what's happening? What wasn't that sad? Like mm-hmm. I'm confused now. And so a lot of times when I get into my emotions, I feel disoriented. I feel confused. Yeah. And and when you're feeling those things, you're not ready to give an answer. You're not ready to explain anything. You're just feeling that way, and you really need someone to come alongside and just maybe be curious and say, you know, 
which you do often, you know, I really appreciate that you, you come in and say, oh, I can see a look on your face or I can, I can sense that there's something going on. What do you think that's connected to? What do you think you're feeling right now? And it, it takes a lot of safe area, you know, between you to be able to explore this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially I think it's difficult when you're both experiencing it at the same time, right. which we had a great opportunity for this to happen, which to happens all the time. But <laughs> we did have um, a particularly rough morning a couple of weeks ago. We had a, a big event on um, on a Friday night and it was, it was really fun. It was, we saw a lot of people. It was kind of, you know, exciting, but it was also a little triggering. It was, it was also a little overwhelming. A little overwhelming. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of components to it. And the next morning. There was a, such a complexity to the evening. Very sure. complex. Relationally complex. Yeah. Yes. And, and just, and so many goodness, so yeah. much goodness. So much but goodness. We both woke up tired and kind of different needs, but each other, you know, didn't really know what we needed. And we were kind of talking about going for a walk, but then, um, I, I can't remember. We had some interaction, and then and then you went outside to just start mowing the lawn without saying anything. And and I'm thinking, wait, I thought we were going for a walk. And I yeah. see him out there. He's on the riding mower, and I'm, I'm enjoying the moment. Uh, and I I just was like, what? I thought we were going to do something. And so and I just felt like I had to get out. And so I just like, okay, fine. He's going to mow the lawn. I, I'm just then I'm going to go run errands. So I throw my errands in the car and start driving away. And I'm, I'm not even going to say anything really. I just kind of give a wave. And he just looks at me like from the mower, like, what are you doing? Both hands Where up. Where are you going? And so I stop and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm ticked. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm like, I thought we were going to go do this. And so, um, so I pull up in my mower next to the car, you roll down the window uh, and I'm like, what, what, what's going on? And I'm just like, I, I'm leaving. I'm going to go do something. You, I thought we were going for a walk, but you, you obviously are doing something else. And, and, um, anyway, we end up, okay, fine. Let's get our walking shoes on. Let's do the walk. And you so put we, the car in reverse. Yeah. So yes. we we're driving to our walk and we still, I don't know, we're still going back and forth about it. Like, well, and I think I think at the in the moment what we didn't know was if we could be really tuned in. We both needed something different, right? right. You you kind of needed that time outside, that open yeah. space, and I just needed to. I don't know if I needed a process as much as just be together. Yeah. Like I just wanted to be together and maybe do an activity together. And so when we're both in need of something different that's especially difficult to attune because sure. I'm trying to tune you into what I need and you're trying to <laughs> tune me into what you mm-hmm. need. And, and so we even got to the, the walk and we still were like hashing it out and I start open the door. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> forget this. And so I'm opening the door. The... He starts backing out. The car door is open. Like, we're going home. And man. there's a car next to us. Somebody's watching. And I'm like hanging out the door as we pull up, well, turn not, around. I mean, not fully. I didn't but... fall out, but it was just really like... And then I had, no, turn around. We got to go back. No, I don't want to go back. We, anyway, we do end up going back. And I think the same person in the car sees us get out. But we we just kind of had to return to something that was familiar. And yeah. this particular walk around the lake is familiar. Mm-hmm. And somehow we got through it. But I just, I, it's such an example of like, I didn't really know what I needed. Yeah. You you may or may not have known what you needed, but what mm-hmm. you needed was different than what I needed. And it's just like, it just gets so complicated mm-hmm. and yet you don't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And well, so- I really like that part that you just named around sometimes and 
often needs are different. And so when there is attunement and the needs are different, then what? Now what? Mm -hmm. And I think that's for many of us, that's where some of the tension and conflict comes in is, yes, I can tune into your need to have more time together. And you can tune in to my need maybe to be on the lawnmower just a little bit longer. And, and yet sometimes when they're, when they're not the same, that can feel threatening. It can, it can feel like, well, oh, I don't know how to make sense of this or what do we do now? And that, that's a really helpful question to ask ourselves. What do we do now? I wonder what would be helpful uh, when, when there's difference. Again, that, that, that is so important for us to be aware of is when the other is unwilling, unable for whatever reason to tune into, to attune to us, how are we coping with that? What is what are what is the message internally, and or how do we make the other pay for the lack of mm-hmm. attunement? And I think that's again where it can become so embedded uh, is that we can blame, we can somehow justify our frustration, hurt, fill in the blank, especially when the other isn't able to respond in the way that we hope for. So it is a foundational uh, relational construct need within marriage. It's not something that we can just put on hold. That we can say, well, okay, maybe we'll try attunement next month. No, it's 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 a daily need. It's like nourishment. Uh, without without attunement, we struggle. Uh, we don't thrive. We don't flourish. Uh, attunement is a source of flourishing. It's a source of nourishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, may we be kind of we use this word often, but intentional. May we be mm-hmm. uh, aware of how much of a source of need it is for each of us, especially when we might not have experienced that earlier on in our story. Mm-hmm. And not say, to be surprised about it. Right. I think that was one of the other things that the takeaways from this weekend is, um, I think we often feel isolated and we feel like we're the only ones that are struggling with this particular thing. You know, yeah. like what's wrong with us that we can't get this together? What's mm-hmm. wrong with us? And with regard to attunement. Yeah, because yeah. I think everybody's struggling with it because why wouldn't we? How do mm-hmm. we even know, I mean, mm-hmm. what each other needs? We're completely two different people. And if we haven't developed a pattern on how to talk about it, how to process it, then it's going to be, it's going to come up again and again on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think a lot of times couples feel like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with us. And we're not going to bring it up and talk to anybody about it because what if they found out? Then there's shame involved. And so many couples, I think, were just saying, you know, this is really hard to do. And when we don't have a a place, a platform to talk about it and to say, you know, to to normalize it, that this is this is just what happens. And especially if we can't draw upon um our early attunement, you know, if there if there was if it was lacking, then it's almost like we don't even have a pattern for it. We don't even we don't even know that it's missing. And so I think so many couples don't realize like everybody struggles with this. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, if we had a hundred couples in the room here, we ninety nine of them would say, "Yeah, this is uh, an area for us that we might struggle in or have difficulty at times in." We're we're all IP. We're all in process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and our hope for those of you listening is a couple more reflections. One is for you to pause and rewind time a bit and wonder either internally or wonder with a safe other, uh, whether that's spouse, partner, therapist, friend, uh, what, where, where, where and in what way was attunement offered or not offered in your early story? What do you remember in those early years uh, around attunement? When you were upset, frustrated, disappointed, hurt, uh, how, did the, how did the other respond? How did the caregiver, attachment figure, parent, safe other 
supposedly, how do they tend to respond to your emotional need? That's the key piece, is, is the emotional attunement. Yeah, when Was your there, feelings were hurt, when yeah. you were sad, when you felt afraid. Mm-hmm. And, and going through different ages, like maybe a four-year-old, maybe an eight-year-old, maybe a, mm-hmm. a teenager. You know, how attuned were your parents when you went through those difficult teenage years and you had emotional feelings that didn't get attuned to? Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, the presence that, that just was lacking. Yeah. And sometimes there can be a, a sense of futility or a sense of, I, I don't know how to do this, or this doesn't come natural for me. And I really want to honor that and actually mm-hmm. bless that. Be kind to the ways in which this is a developmental process that yes, it, it doesn't, it's counterintuitive sometimes. It doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't quite know how to do this. And uh, of course we don't, especially if that wasn't modeled for us. And yet, can we be aware that especially for our other significant other spouse partner, that it is a source of life. It is a source of nourishment. Uh, it does help us to flourish. And I think that's that the, the hopeful imagery that we can keep returning to is even though that might not have been part of our experience, it is knowing the, the goodness of what it cultivates and creates in marriage. Uh, I think it invites us to be mindful uh, about the goodness of what it offers one another. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage. <laughs>